Fortress of Strength. Where y'all at? There ain't none of them here this morning. February 9th, 5 p.m., right here at the church, Sisters of Strength. Remember, first Wednesday worship's coming up at what time? 6.30, Wednesday night. 6.30. That's going to be a good night. And there it went. We're glad our missionaries to Kenya are here this morning, Cody, Megan, and Anne Marie. I think Anne Marie found my foot a few minutes ago. She tripped over my size 12s. <laughs> no, I felt bad. <laughs> We're glad they're here with us this morning. We got some awesome worship this morning. We came expecting God to show up. If you didn't come expecting God to show up, go out and come back in. That's right. Shake it off. Shake that week off. The whole week is gone. It's time for a new one. Shake it off. It's a new beginning. 2020. Somebody told me the other day 2020 is a perfect year for God because it's 2020 vision. And God has 2020 vision. So it'll be a perfect year for God. Amen. If you're here joining us online, we're glad you're here. Welcome to New Life Assembly of God. If this is the first time, we'd like to welcome you. If not, hey, join right on in. We came expecting. We're glad you're here. If there are any visitors here this morning, if you wouldn't mind, if you'd like to, the, out in the foyer on the little black table, there's a visitor's card. Just fill it out. Give it to the pastor. Drop it in the offering. We'd like to know that you were here. We're glad you're here. We're very glad that you're here joining us this morning. We're glad that y'all are back from vacation from Iowa, Idaho. Idaho, the potato state. I should have remembered that. Uh-huh. It's good to see everybody's smiling face this morning. Everybody looks awake. Okay. It's going to be a beautiful day. It's supposed to be up in the 70s today. So it's going to be a nice day. Anybody tired of the rain yet? Whoo, Lord, I'm tired of it. I've had enough. I've washed my car so much because of the dirt. But we're glad everybody's here this morning. If you got a bulletin in your hand, in your bulletin, down there on the first page at the bottom, where it says encourage, equip, and empower. The little saying says, live as if Christ died yesterday, arose today, and is coming tomorrow. Tomorrow may be too late. Exactly. Today's the day. Amen. Amen. Well, the worship team is going to go ahead and start getting ready, and I'm going to do the rest of this. So if you look in your, your bulletin also on the right-hand side, you'll see that we have the Barbiers with us. And uh, if you look at the picture real good, you'll see Anne-Marie right there in the middle with her tongue sticking out. And uh, Yeah. Well, I, I told Cody and Megan, I said, you know, she is always so funny and I was like I, I got to put a picture that represents that you know reflects her her uh once she gets to know you personality yeah if she doesn't know you she's just that's what she did at the house last night yeah they stayed at the house and she did that and then after a while it was hopping up in the lap playing with the toys and all that stuff so uh we're, we're excited they're here with us he's going to share some things today they have a, a, some, a table out there of stuff from uh from Kenya and uh, they're just, you know, originally I was going to do some ministry. He was going to do a window, you know, and uh, 
God's just been speaking to him. I'm like, go ahead. I'm going to get out the way. So then he gives me his notes to print out, and I'm reading them. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's where I was going. <laughs> that's where I was going, Nehemiah and Ezra. And I'm like, hold on, man. So that just means that I know that we're in line with this, amen, and uh, we're, we're where God wants us to be. So uh, just so, you know, if you're visiting or you want to know what's going on, we're going to do worship here in just a few minutes. We're going to do our offering. And uh, after service, we're going to bring the children back in and we're going to do communion. Uh, today is the first day of February. It is 2-2-2020. Isn't that crazy? 2-2-2020. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Just means I'm another day older, honestly. It doesn't matter. Uh, another day I need to be about the Father's business is what it really means. So, but uh, listen, so we, we want to bring our tithes and offerings to the storehouse this morning. You know, the, the Lord has instructed us in the word to bring our tithes, our first fruits. We read in Malachi chapter 3. And the interesting part about that scripture is, is he says, you have robbed me. And then they're, they're like, where have we robbed you, God, with your tithes and offerings? Because the first 10% belongs to the Lord. And can I tell you that, that you'll do more with the 90% than you can do with the 100%? When you turn that 10% to the Lord, he blesses it and he protects it. Because it says he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Amen. So, so this morning as we're bringing our tithes, we're going to bring our tithes to the storehouse. And as you pray and ask God, what offering would you have me to give? That is something separate. That is something totally separate. And then we, we bring that as well. So... So we're going to pray this morning. We're going to let you bring your tithes and offerings up here, and uh, then we're going to do some worship. Amen. So let's pray this morning. Father, we are so humbled by you, God, that, that we can even be in your presence. Lord, I am thankful that you are in this place already. You said where two or more are gathered, you would be in our midst, and we know you are here. God, today I ask that you would receive these gifts. Lord, we come to bless you. Bring these tithes and offerings to your storehouse today, God, that you would smile down upon us. So bless them, Father, a hundredfold or even above, Lord, that they would be used around the world, but especially right here in Marksville, Mansour, Louisiana, to reach the lost, to help feed those that are hungry and help the hurting. And we thank you for all that you have done for us, and we know that you will continue to watch over us and take care of us, because that's who you are, God. And we ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you agree with this this morning, I want you to say amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for giving. You can go ahead and come up and, and give. We have the, uh, the plates up here in the front. Hallelujah. I'm going to grab some more water. Hallelujah. ready to worship this morning? Go ahead, stand up with us. Come on. You know, it's been an interesting week. I wouldn't say it was a bad week, but it's definitely been an interesting week. But you know what? Even in an interesting week, a good week or a bad week, I still come to praise the Lord. I praise Him for the good. I praise Him for the bad. I praise Him for the indifferent. It doesn't matter to me. Amen. So I want you to join in this morning. Come on, if you're, if you're one of our normal family members here, you know how we worship in this place. We don't hold nothing back. We come to give him all. 
Is the Super Bowl even today? See, I, I've been so focused on what God's doing, I don't even care. Because I know God's fixing to do some things in this house today.
tell you, the rest of these guys worship a God that has a, that has a headstone, that has a grave marked somewhere. Not our God. He is alive. Come on, he is alive.
on, give him praise this morning. Now listen, if you look at some of us and you see some dancing and all going on, you know what? I prefer that we dance for the Lord than dance for the world. As long as we're dancing in the spirit, come on. We'll jump around when LSU wins. Jesus.
through, God, how we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you. Come and consume, God, how we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you.
let's worship this morning. Raise your hands. Give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, we can do better than that, church. Hallelujah. You are worthy, oh God. You are worthy, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, turn to two or three people right around you. Don't walk across the building and tell them how much you love them this morning. Come on. Don't go all the way on the other side. You can catch them when we're done. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Whew. Hallelujah. Two, three people, and we're going to jump back in this thing real quick. Unto you, the slain and risen King, we lift our voice to heaven, singing worthy. Hallelujah. Come on, i got to get a knuckle on that one. Uh. Here, you can sit right here if you want to. Hallelujah. Woo. Yes, please. Thank you. Hallelujah. Where's our children at this morning? They're going to go ahead and head to the back. Mama Pastor back there. Hallelujah. Where's our children at? Y'all going in the back? I wish I could. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. 
So, so just so y- you know, uh, we had bought stuff to go ahead and try to enclose this drum set up there. Um, I love it when the drummer gets excited before it gets loud up there. <laughs> and there toward the end, we couldn't hear anything out of the monitors at all. That's why I walked out here so just to try to, so I could hear it out of here and keep them in deep, but it's okay. We were enjoying every minute of it. Uh, it's, listen, I blow my voice out about every week. I don't care. I don't care. I've blown my voice out on football games. At least I could do is blow my voice out on Jesus. <laughs> Good thing is I don't have to preach today, so I just get to sit down and enjoy what God's doing. Amen. But yeah, we've we've got the the stuff to go ahead and enclose that and and silence it up some and you know be able to control a little bit better and yeah. Hey, listen, I just appreciate the dedication of these men and women up here, man. I'll tell you what, uh, studying songs and, and the dedication of the time it takes. You know, they're here by 8 o'clock in the morning, even with the babies, you know, on Sunday morning they're here. And uh, we practice till about 9.15. And s- a lot of times on Saturday evenings they're practicing, you know, and, and during the week. And, and so I just appreciate the dedication because it takes a lot of dedication, not just hitting an A. On where to hit the A or the A flat, if that's the case. (laughs) Yeah, I know. All right, I got to tell y'all a little secret. Y'all need a little bit of laughter this morning. I can sense it. I can sense it. I can sense it. There are some of these songs that that we just do not know the notes to because they are written in a weird, weird, crazy key. You will see me playing. The volume's off. (laughs) Because the the music is being played through the laptop, I'm just keeping rhythm so I can sing. I turn the volume off. They used to text me, what happened to the piano? <laughs> and then I told them. <laughs> but a couple of the songs we don't know the notes to because what they put in the system is n- we can't find them. So we just let it play and we worship. So, But <laughs> we don't care. We're worshiping too. So that's the songs we get to worship too. But anyways, enough of all of that. So, well, listen, it, it's, uh, it's great to, to hang out with Cody, Megan, and, and Anne-Marie over there. But I know... Cody has a vision and, and a purpose for his ministry, and today I want to let him come and, and deliver some of that to us. Um, you know, you guys remember, for those that, that don't remember or did not know, we helped them raise money for a backpack projector system. I know I've told you guys about that, and we were talking about that last night, and that's one of the pictures in the, uh, uh, the bulletin right there. If you see it, maybe you tell them the story about the other part of it. He showed me the rest of the pictures, you know, the kids, and uh, but people are getting saved, guys. People are getting saved all the time. It's just here in America that, that for some reason they don't think they need to get saved. And they're showing a movie, a movie about Jesus in their language. You know, and he was telling me some other technologies that they utilize I just think is amazing. So, brother, come and deliver the word today and, and just be used by God. Amen. Allow the gifts that God has on your life, the calling to flow through this place. Amen. Love you, brother. Praise God. And Tinya, whenever you approach the platform, you got to say, Buana Sifiwe. Buana Asifiwe. It means praise the Lord, and then the congregation says, Amen. So, Buana Sifiwe. It's great to be here with you today. Thank you, Pastor Rich and Miss uh, Wendy. We love you guys so much. Uh, if you ever need a vacation, just call up Pastor Rich. He has beautiful, I would call it a Chateau de Newman. It's a beautiful place. And oh, okay. I'm sorry. 
we really we've really been taken care of here and we so good to see some of you guys for the second time and as we come back here and hopefully again in the future we'll be able to remember some of your faces um if you want to go to that second picture this my name is Cody Barbier, uh, and this is my w lovely wife, Megan, and uh, our beautiful daughter, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie is now just turned two and a half on the 28th, so we're kind of getting a little sad. She's growing up so quickly. I think the last time we were here, she was maybe like six to eight months old, and uh, so... Now she's growing up quick. She has a lot of personality, a lot of personality. That's what I was telling the new parents. New parents, once you get past that first part of not sleeping, it's, you know, you get a little bit of sleep, but then other things start to change. Attitude, personality comes out, and uh, it's a whole new struggle. But we thank God. She's such a blessing to our lives. And uh, if you go to first picture, we are missionaries to Kenya, Africa. Kenya is this red country on the east coast of Africa, right on the Indian Ocean. It borders Somalia, it borders Ethiopia, it borders South Sudan, Uganda. Uh, then there's Lake Victoria, which goes out to Burundi and Rwanda. And then on the southern side is Tanzania. And so Kenya has, over the years, had this unique privilege of having a lot of uh, missionary investment into their country. God has sent a lot of missionaries, has, has poured into this country to a point where now Kenya is being raised up as, uh, and the local church is being raised up that it can touch these nations that are hurting. Somalia, 99.6% Muslim. Ethiopia is, uh, is about half Muslim and half uh, uh, Orthodox type of Christianity very old uh, they call it the Coptic religion South Sudan has been in turmoil for since at, uh, since before 2013 but most recently since 2013 after it broke off from Sudan then the internal strifes began and people have been living in war and poverty extreme poverty Uganda is just starting to come out of some war and there's always this constant tension in Uganda and in Tanzania and in Rwanda and Burundi. So Kenya has this special place. I believe God's put Kenya as a special place that uh, we can invest in the church and raise up leaders that the leaders might be able to touch East Africa for Jesus. Now you say Africa, right? Africa, <laughs> Africa's hot. Everything that stings, bites, pricks, you know, it's in Africa, right? Everything. Well, let me tell you a little secret. Where we live in Nairobi, it's year-round the same temperature between 60s and 80s degrees. Year-round, there's uh, two seasons. There's the dry season and the floods and the rainy season. And when the rainy season comes, you try to get to high ground and make sure you're you're not traveling a lot, but other than that, the temperature's perfect. Kenya has the most amazing sceneries in the world. Whenever the British went to Kenya, they, they called it God's country. You have snow-capped mountains right on the equator. 
Mount Kenya, those beautiful snow-capped mountains. I have a picture that I was looking at the other day. We're looking at rhinos with Mount Kenya in the background. You have the most amazing safaris in Africa. The Maasai Mara is the uh, Kenya side of the Serengeti, and it's this concentration of animals that is always written up. Whenever you hear uh, Discovery Channel, there's this show called Big Cat Diaries. They filmed it in the Maasai Mara. And a lot of films are done in the Maasai Mara because of the density of animals. And then you have these area, these lowland areas that are soda lakes. And there's thousands upon thousands of flamingos. And then you go to the coast and there's the most beautiful beaches in Africa. There's these coral reefs. Megan and I went snorkeling and I went deep sea fishing. And it's just the most serene environment. And that's hot, nasty Africa, right? That's what we're told. But the truth is God has placed Kenya and, and fashioned it and made it so beautiful and so perfect. And we believe in Kenya and we believe in the people of Kenya. And we're investing in the leadership that Kenyans might be able to reach this world for Christ. If you go to, go to the third slide. And in, in your bulletin, there's a picture. And this is another picture of what we do with the Jesus film. So uh, we'll talk more about that later in the sermon. But as the Jesus film has been an unbelievable part of our ministry. And we didn't really know what we were getting into whenever we bought this backpack. You guys raised the funds. We bought the backpack. We didn't really know. We figured it would be something good, but we didn't realize it would actually become a majority of our ministry three and four times a week we're going out into neighborhoods we're setting up this film equipment showing the jesus film now this is at setup we set up around and we start the film around 6 30 when the sun's setting and at this place this area called iwaso nero uh the maasai tribe by the time we get to the salvation message at this particular place there was 300 people standing there listening to the gospel of Jesus in your bulletin we get to this open field we're in a refuge that picture is from a refugee camp in northwestern Kenya it's a uh, predominantly South Sudanese people who've had to flee their homeland because of war and conflict uh, the pat the missionary pastor that we work with in that area, he planted seven churches in South Sudan. Only two of those areas that he planted churches still have people left in them because of war has driven people across the border into Kenya. And they, a lot of his church members that were in South Sudan are now at this refugee camp in, called Kalobaye in northwestern Kenya. And so we went, we set up the Jesus film. There's big open space of land it's you know dirt and dusty and uh like where where do you want us to hang i mean i got a eight nine foot screen where do you want me to hang it he said oh no we, we're gonna dig these holes and we're gonna put up the poles and so they they called the they called their youth out and they got they got uh, pickaxes and they started digging holes straight down we stuck those poles in and by the end of that film the great thing of the positioning is whenever the, the projector comes on one side, you can see it from both directions. And so people were gathered all the way around. There was close to 700 people. 
There's no TV. There's no internet. There, there's nothing to do at night in a refugee camp. You, you play with your friends, or you, see, you know, you go to a neighbor's house. But there's nothing to do. So, we were the hottest thing going that night, and that was uh, we did it three nights in a row. Two nights we showed the film in Arabic, in South Sudanese Arabic, and one night we showed it in English because there were non-Arabic speakers that, also, that did speak some English. So we showed it in Arabic two nights, English one night. We've shown the film in probably about seven languages now. Um, in Kenya, there are 42 different tribes. Every tribe has a different tribal language. Whenever you get out of the main cities, you get into the highways and the byways. We get deep into the bush. Many of the people that are over 30, over 40 years old, they've not been to school, they've not had an education, so some of them don't even speak Swahili, which is the lingua franca in that area, which connects people. They mostly just know their tribal language. And so the great thing about the Jesus film is we can share the gospel directly into their mother tongue. In another area we went to, called the Rindile. We went and we set up the Jesus film. Um, through that film, a church was planted in that community. Pastor told me that there was breakthrough and that the church was established in the community. And, uh, and as we were about to leave, they told, they told me, they said, hey, if you can, come back in three weeks. Okay, well, what's in three weeks? So, well, we're dedicating the New Testament into our language for the first time. So these are some, some of these places are frontier missions. The Rindile are 4% evangelical. 15% Christian as a whole, but the majority of people still live in their tribal groups, in, the, in their tribal religions. And uh, God has given us this ability to go there to share it, share something in their own language. Something that, uh, that you guys helped to invest into. And I, we're so appreciative of your partnership with us, your investment into the kingdom of God in Kenya. Um, we can go on and on about the things we do. We, last year we did crusades, and you just scroll through some of the pictures. There's some different pictures. We hosted a crusade and a revival in a slum neighborhood of, of, of Nairobi. This was our under our revival tent. One of the amazing things of this at this place was we had set we had planned to set the tent on a nearby road, and uh, we come out the week of the crusade, and the road is being torn up for they're redoing the drainage. So Lord, you you wanted us to have a tent. And all the Kenyans that I spoke with, they said you have to do it either in a church or in a tent, where there wasn't a church nearby that was big enough that we wanted to host it at. So we had ordered the tents. We had planned where we were going to put it. We got approval from the city council. Everything. And then that week, it's the road get, starts to get torn up. So we, we're discussing, we're discussing, and they decide we're going to move it to our crusade grounds, and we're going to put it on the side of our crusade grounds. So they came, they set up the tents, we set up the stage, we set up everything, and we start the first night of Crusades, and as the night starts going on, starting to preach, the rains come a month early. 
and the 300 people that were standing on our crusade ground moved underneath the tent and sat there and listened to the gospel message under a tent. And I didn't know that the rains were going to come a month early, Pastor Rich. But God, he moved that tent. That's what, I, it blows my mind how God was, is always in every part of everything. And you see how he moved that tent. Because that wasn't my plan. That's not where I wanted it. Moved that tent right where he wanted it. And we had four nights of crusade and revival. And each night it rained. And people sat under the tents, listened to an evangelistic message. And then they were already there ready to hear a revival-style message. We didn't have to move them. They were already there. And God's also opened up opportunities for us to deliver study Bibles to pastors across Kenya and uh, has, has allowed us to have, a, have an influence of delivering Bibles across Africa as a whole of setting up distribution points. In Kenya, we've, we've distributed 75,000 study Bibles to pastors. And we give all the glory to the Lord. I want to kind of transition here now for a moment. <clears throat> if you would go and pray with me. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share about who you are, about what you've done and what you're doing. Lord, about how, uh, how you've moved so mightily in Kenya and what you're going to do in Kenya. Lord, but I ask today that you would move on our hearts, stir us to see the opportunities that are here around us stir us that we can see that the moments that you place in our lives that we can turn them into movement to action father and i just ask that you would be with us today that you would help me preach the word as you've given it father and help us uh, hear what you're saying to us today we just give you praise in jesus name We were at the dinner table at this hotel restaurant, and uh, we were sitting there. We were laughing, chatting, telling testimonies and stories of the crusade we had just come from. We finished our meal, and we're sitting there and just conversing and one of, the, one of the guys from the table gets up. He goes up to his room. And whenever he returns, he says this. He says, my iPad's been stolen. And so, you know, the first thoughts is, uh, did I hear that correctly? <laughs> Second thought was, is he trying to play a practical joke on us? And then we realized he wasn't joking that uh, his iPad had been stolen, that his room had been burglarized. And so the fear, you know, just grips you. And it gripped us. And we ran up to our rooms and we opened up the rooms and we saw that our rooms had been ravished. Every, we had five rooms in this hotel for the team. All five rooms had been picked through. Now, ordinarily, we don't carry much that we don't, you know, we're not 
ready to give up. But uh, this time we were coming in the city and we had planned to buy uniforms for the students we were overseeing and we had special money dedicated for that and we were going to exchange some money so that we could l stay in Kenya a little bit longer. We get a better interest rate whenever we are better exchange rate when we went in the city. That time we were living deep in the bush. And the missionary that we were working under, that we were serving under at the time, he had brought all this money so he could pay for the team, pay for the hotels, the food, the travel, everything, all the costs of the crusades. And then the people we were with, they had cameras and laptops and iPads and things that they were using to keep up with their work and be able to do more ministry. And in that moment, we realized <laughs> it was all gone. I, all the money for the school was taken. All the money that we had to live on in, for the rest of the two months we were going to be in Kenya wasn't there anymore. Man, the crying. I mean, immediately we started crying. We cried a lot. And then we moved on from crying. We started praying. We prayed a lot. And uh, we, we got on the phone and we started calling people back home. Please pray for us. Please pray for us. We don't know how we're going to even pay the bill to leave this hotel. They'd stolen everything. It would have been nice if they would have at least paid our room bill before they left, you know. It's a small gesture. They left me a, about $30 left on the table. It's like, Thanks. Like fear that just gripped us, and we didn't know how we would move on. We already had commissioned the uniforms. We already had these other things we were planning to do with the money, and the world kept moving on. Day after day, the world kept moving on. But it, it didn't real, the world didn't realize that I was in a crisis, and it didn't stop to wait for my crisis to catch up with it. The world just kept moving on. Like nothing ever happened. Have you ever faced this type of moment where you change, you can change the type of injustice, but you can't change the fear and anxiety and stress and betrayal and all these things that come with living life. Being human, you encounter things such as death and pain and suffering and abandonment and injustice and all kinds of other things. People just keep living on. They live their life like your circumstances hadn't even happened. Like my pastor in Treeport, he calls it major surgery and minor surgery. It's major surgery when it's happening to me, but it's minor surgery when it's happening to you. Life just keeps happening. Things just keep moving on. And we come to realize that all of these moments that have shaped our life, they shape our past, and they will shape our future. And I want to tell some of you people, you young folks here today, there's a few of you that if you haven't encountered things in your life yet, you're going to. It's just part of being human. We all encounter these type of things. And humans are interesting creatures in this sense because we can communicate and we can relive those moments that shape who we've become. 
And this is one of the greatest parts of the redemption story is that Christ descended to become man, to live like us, not so that he could say what we should feel, but to say, I've been there. I've been there. I've been human. I know what it's like. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1, and I want to take a particular the time to, to look at this particular moment that happened in Nehemiah's life. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the month Kislev, and the twentieth year was while I was in the citadel of Susa. Hannah and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about Jewish remnant that had survived in exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. Now, if we take a look back at the history here, this passage is talking about events that are taking place in about 445 B.C. 160 years beforehand, many of the Jews in Judah had been captured and they were sent into exile to Babylon. And there was this few multiple times of exile, but it started in 605 B.C., now, whenever it got to about 586 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar decided that uh, he was going to destroy the temple there in Jerusalem. And all of the remaining inhabitants were then dispersed and sent away to Babylon. And then seemingly out of nowhere, in 538 B.C., there was this Persian king named Cyrus. God raised up Cyrus with power to take over many of the surrounding armies. Cyrus's policies greatly affected Israel because of the way that he did international diplomacy. Cyrus believed that the best way to control a people and to have them in favor of your, uh, of your kingship was to send them back to their land and to reestablish the religion that they had been serving. So what Cyrus did was he sent the Israelites back to Judah, and then he gave them provisions so that they could rebuild the temple. And he gave that provision directly out of his own, um, his own king's treasury. Now, we come to 515 B.C., so it was 538 B.C. whenever there was this decrease made and the Israelites were sent back to Jerusalem and Judah. It took them many, many years up until 515 B.C. to complete the temple. And there were a lot of things going on that were distracting them, that were uh, in a, a lot of opposition that was coming against them. But between, for the next 70 years... 
there would be some ups and downs. And then we would come to this point, now from the time of 445 B.C. where this text takes shape, there's very little information about the society in Jerusalem. However, once you look at the book of Ezra, chapter 4, there are some verses that seem to indicate that they had started to rebuild the walls and rebuild the city, but then something happened. This also makes sense because whenever Nehemiah's brother approaches him, and Nehemiah asks asks the question about what's taking place in Jerusalem, his brother answers him concerning Jerusalem and the return of the exiles, and he says this, It says, those who survived the exile and are back in the promise are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Wouldn't Nehemiah have known about the deplorable state of Jerusalem that happened if it was talking about the time of the first exile to Babylon? And so this starts to bring up questions. Is this referencing another event? Is this a more recent destruction? Is this something so profound that it causes Nehemiah to do something in this moment? If you go to verse 4 and 1 and 4, it says, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah was spurred to action because of the news which he was presented. He begins to pray to the Lord. This prayer had many parts. It had uh, an appeal to God, and he makes confession of sins. He requests the Lord to remember his people. He requests for success. And after praying that, it seems to move so quickly on the chapter 2, verse 1. If you go on to chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, In the month Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but the sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, What is it you want? When I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, If it pleases the Lord, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him sin me to the city in in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. And although those passages seem to run very quickly together, we must take a look at two words. In the text it says, the month Kislev in chapter 1, verse 1. In chapter 2, verse 1, it says, in the month of Nisan. These months represent as much as six months of a time difference. And at, at, at least, at least four months had passed since he heard these, this news. And then he relayed his request to the king. And God had planned for Nehemiah from the foundation of his birth, from the beginning, 
that that day he would hear this news and six months, four months, six months later, he would approach the king with his authority to do so. God had placed him in position that in the moment he would be there to make a difference for Israel. See, if you go down at the end of chapter 1, it says this little phrase. says, I was cupbearer to the king. God brought Nehemiah to this point, the moment when he would be spurred to movement. Not thoughtless, irrational movement, but prayerful consideration and planning. God was in that moment. The Lord had made all the preparations for Nehemiah to be in the right place at the right time with the right authority to make a big move to do what needed to be done for Israel. It boils down to two words, or three words, sorry. Moments create movement. Can you say that with me? Say moments create movement. In essence, we're all cup bearers to the king. If you're a child of God today, you are a cupbearer to King Jesus. We are all placed in places, in positions, in situations where when the moment happens, we can be there to be used by God, to extend a loving hand to a dying world. You're not here by chance. You're not in New Life Church by chance. You're not in Mansoura. Marksville, Louisiana, by chance, God has a moment for you. There are moments that the Lord will place in front of you where you will have the ability to create movement or you will have the ability to gloss over what God wants to do. It's your choice. And I want you to hear this. I want you to hear that you never know how the moments that you foster will create movement in others. As we talked about on our last trip to this church, something amazing happened. We had a picture on our website and fundraising goal that we, something we thought would be good for our ministry, but we didn't know how it would play out in real life. And Pastor Rich approached me and he <laughs> Uh, he said, uh, <laughs> said, we'd like to take up an offering for, you, for your Jesus film equipment. I'm laughing because it's just such a God moment. And I remember we we're standing right out here in the foyer. What I didn't know at that point was that this moment where we presented the need before the church and the church gave in an offering and we took that offering and bought equipment and then we traveled to Kenya and we had to pay customs because they didn't like the backpack and they were wondering what is all this crazy equipment and we get into the country and we start to put feelers out and where are we going to show this film what how's it going to look like and one of our pastor friends said hey come I got a bunch of Youth and a bunch of children here, come and do it out, out here. And that picture's on our table, the first night we ever showed that film. 
What I didn't know is that backpack, that offering, that thing that might have seen by chance was actually the moment that God was using to reach thousands upon thousands. I'm telling you, I'm not lying. This is not an evangelistic statement. There's been thousands upon thousands of people that have watched this film from that backpack. We've recorded almost 2,000 people that have raised their hand to receive Christ as their Savior. Because of the moment, because of the moment that you guys got behind this project, we were able to put it in front of people in Kenya. Now, it has become one of the main avenues of ministry because pastors are calling us and saying, hey, this thing works. It draws people, and then it gives us that opportunity. With the barriers broken down, sometimes crusades can be, uh, can People come with their guards raised. With the film, people engage. Guards are let down. And at that point, we're able to share the message of Jesus and the hope they can have in him with their guards down. I want you to think about this with me. If I was the creator, right, if I had, if I was omniscient, omnipresent, if I knew everything was everywhere and I was all powerful, I would do missions by myself. Say, this needs to be done. These people need to be saved. Boom, I decree it. These people need to be healed. Boom, I decree it. I would do it all myself because it's more efficient that way. But the amazing thing is that God, in his sovereign wisdom and his grace, he engages human beings, frail, imperfect human beings, to take part in what he's doing across this world. And that's the main purpose of the church, is to be empowered by the Lord, to go out and to be his hands and feet. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to do it without us, but he will. You've, you've heard of the stories of people in way off distant places that have no access to the gospel that see a vision of Christ. He's doing that in the Middle East. He's coming to people in Somalia. He's showing up to imams. And he's showing up in front of al-Shabaab, al-Qaeda leaders saying, this is who I am, and I'm inviting you to be part of this. People are getting saved. He's doing it himself in places where others can't go or others won't go, but his main avenue is to use us. So partner with frail human beings to reach Mansour, Marksville, Louisiana, United States, Middle East, Africa, Kenya, to reach these people, the Rindile that we're going to n this year for the second time that had just had the gospel translated into their language. He uses us, frail human beings. It's amazing. That's not how I would have done it. That's not what I would do. But that's the way the Lord does it. That's the way he wants to do it. And he creates these moments for us that, moments that we can foster to create movement in ourselves and movement in others. 
to reach out and to be his hands and feet in our communities and across the world. I know we're going to have to go to uh, communion in just a moment, but if you're able to, I want you to stand with me. I want you to close your eyes. These moments, they create movement. Ask yourself these questions. Are you hearing God's voice? Are you seeing his work? in the world around us? And are you taking part in the moments that God places in front of you? I want you to imagine this with me. What would happen that if today on February 2nd, 2020 New Life Assembly lived out its prophetic purpose in Marksville, Mansoura, Louisiana. See, New Life isn't a fly-by-night name. New Life is not something that came up with by men. This is something that has prophetically been lived out by the actions of this church in past days. And I want to declare today that this is something that's going to be prophetically lived out in this community for the days to come. And just imagine what that would be like if we lived out our purpose here. Every day we're looking for the moments where we can move and take action on God's behalf that he's placed in front of us that we can be his hands and feet in this community. Imagine what we could do if if we allowed God to use us to reach people across the world, reach to do and to go places that for others are going that we cannot go ourselves things people are doing that we can invest in that we're not able to do ourselves. He still gives us that opportunity, just like the Jesus film. Many of you will never set foot in the slum neighborhoods of Kariobangi. You'll never set foot in the places where gang violence is rampant. And every week there's write-ups in this area called Dendora of Nairobi, Kenya. You'll never step foot on the refugee camp in northwestern Sudan. You'll never step foot in the Rindile people group. But you will step foot in the Mexican restaurant here. 
you will step foot McDonald's. You will step foot in Walmart. You will step foot all across this community. And while you can send and invest in others across the world, you can be present in the moments that God has putting in your life here in Mansoura, in Marksville, to live out his prophetic purpose of new life, of new life in Marksville, of new life in Louisiana. You can be a part of that. Don't take it for granted that you're here, here for some random chance. God has placed you here for a purpose. He's placed you here as a moment in your life where you'll go out and see other moments that you'll be able to move on. Those moments, they create movement. Those moments, they create movement. Those moments in your school where somebody is about to take their life God put you there to be able to speak new life. To move and be his hands and feet. Those moments when your co-worker is a, finds out that her husband is cheating on her. That moment when there's a divorce, something happening in those people that are around you. God has placed you there in that moment for you to move and to be his hands and feet. Father, I pray today that as we leave this sanctuary, as we've heard your word, Father, I pray that we, our eyes will be open to the moments that you put in front of us. They'll, they'll be open to the hurting people around us, that they'll be open to those who need to hear of love and grace and mercy and salvation that comes from your throne room. Father, you've put us here for a purpose. We know that you could do this without us. We know that it would be so much more efficient if you just did it, Lord, but you desire to use us. Father, use me. Use us. Use new life to breathe new life into this community. Use new life prophetically to speak life and to those who are on the down and outs of society, those who are hurting, those who have been betrayed, those who have injustices coming against them, those who you love despite all the junk that they may have. Father, let our eyes be open. Let our hearts be full of you that we're able to overflow on the others. come just spend a couple minutes at the altar today and just pray we're going to do that before we move to to the communion can we do that this morning I can't stay here asleep to how you're moving I can't stay here complacent anymore 
Your breathing new life 
into dry bones. I hear the echoes, the sound of heaven's song. Your spirit's calling me. I know it's time to go, but I can't stay here anymore. I can't stay here anymore. Amen. Amen. That's a good word today. Amen. Come on, that's what we need. Starting out this year right, we've been hearing some great words from the Lord this year. And, and I believe he is positioning us to, to take over a region. I say take over because the enemy's had it long enough. And we, we keep getting sad about it's not being rebuilt or we've heard that before. We No. We're making ground. We're making progress in our community and in the region. People are be set and being set free, being saved, being healed. It's just... We're going to keep pressing forward. Amen. We're going to keep pressing forward. So, so look, we're going to get the children to come and we're going to do communion. Uh, you want to grab the children for me? And, uh, and then after that, you can go ahead and be seated. We're going to, we're going to get ready to do this. And, uh, get that out the way. Hallelujah. We'll put this up here for a little bit. Hallelujah. We're going to let the children get ready to come on in here. So if you're visiting with us here today, uh, we do communion at the beginning of the month. And uh, I like to do communion a little bit differently. Uh, we bring the children in, and I allow the parents to, to say if they're ready to do it or not. Uh, I, I, the only requirement I see is that you be at the dinner, right, when it comes to children. Uh, and I believe the children need to learn how we as adults, family of God, have communion. It was a group of people that were following Jesus sitting at the table that night, right? And, and I believe we need to teach our children how we do the things of God. And so I love bringing the children in. I, I love it when, when grandpa's giving the, the elements to the child, you know, that's their grandchild or, you know, whatever. I just, I love it. And I love being a part of it. So uh, I let you as the parent make that decision on, on doing that. Amen. And uh, we're going to have our, our deacons come in a minute and we're just going to let them serve. Then you'll come up and get it. If you're not able to come up, don't worry. We'll, we'll bring it to you. We'll make sure you get it. We don't want anybody to miss out that wants to. Uh, so you don't have to be a member of this church. It's a member of the body of Christ. Amen. So, but uh, I don't know if we got all our kids in there. So I'm just stalling a second or two more. Hallelujah. After we're done with that, I want to I want to do something special. Uh, I don't want to just receive an offering. I found out something last night that I believe we need to help with. Uh, I, I, you know, oh, there we go. Uh, I, I found out listening to Cody and uh, Megan that uh, the house that they've been living in, they no longer have. Uh, the person went from $800 a month to $2,000 a month, and it was a furnished home. So when they go back, they are homeless with no furniture, nothing. <laughs> so not only are they going to have to get a place to live, they're going to actually have to go buy a bed and they're going to have to get a stove because she's, you know, they were telling me that over there, a, a house comes with nothing, not even a stove or anything. And I want us to, 
to, to receive an offering. And you know what? Let's help them get some stuff. <laughs> Let's help them get some stuff. They've been doing work. They've been working for the Lord, and I think they're worthy of, of to receive this. Amen? And, and that's why I told you guys I love them so much. You know, we, we support missionaries on the field, but this is a guy that calls me from Africa just to tell me that people are getting saved by a video. I've never gotten called from the field by any missionary, and that's why I respect him and love him so much. And I've told him that. Because a lot of missionaries send me letters, and can I tell you, I walk next to those guys. They have no clue who I am. And I'll stop and talk to them. Oh, what church yet? Brother, I've been knowing you for 15 years. And they just look at you sometimes. And they're busy. I understand that. But he doesn't send out just letters like some of them. Nancy knows. We get letters every week from missionaries. We have no clue who they are. You know, and, and not all of them stays in touch. And not all of them keeps us up to date with what's going on. But that's why I love these guys so much. Because they're not only on the field. They live on the field. They've adopted a beautiful girl from there. Right? And, and they're reaching lost people, which is the heart, my heart. And I believe the heart of this church, and that's why I sow into them. So we're going to do communion here in just a minute. And after that, I want us to, anything that comes in, if you want to give online, you can do that. Just put guest speaker, just put Cody in there. We'll make sure it gets there. And uh, we're going to make sure we help them get some stuff. <laughs> they need some stuff. And unfortunately, we can't send stuff with you because it would cost more than buying it. So you <laughs> can only imagine how much a refrigerator would cost to ship overseas. Um, I don't think you can put it in your backpack either. So, but anyway, so if I can get our, our deacons to come, we're going to serve communion this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. So in just a minute, all you're going to do is just stand up here and on this side, come through and go back. Same thing here. Y'all can come through the middle and then that side over there. So let's stand up and we'll let you come sir, uh, serve. And afterward, we'll all partake together. Amen. We'll all, we'll all go. And again, if you can't come up, we'll bring it to you. We promise. We, as far as I know, we've never left anybody out. Not even a sound man. Hallelujah. Huh? Yeah. He better come down. We'll bring it to him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all be in prayer about this crazy flu and, and that, that other virus thing that's going around. We need to continue to pray against that because that's corona. That's it, the coronavirus. We don't need that. Corona got to go. Got to die. Spreading very quickly. So, But be in prayer about the flu also because I know it's, it's been spreading. I've heard stories of schools that have closed down just to disinfect the school. So they could come back because he was getting too many people. That's the devil. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Can't stay here. I like that song. By the way, that's the Binions, B-I-N-I-O-N. If you if you want to go look that song up, their album. So. Come on, Ma.
That's that's when Grandma. Okay, got those up there. Oh, they're bringing it up to Micah. Oh, somebody's bringing it to you, Micah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody received one that wants one? Anybody? We missed anybody? Okay. I just don't like to take one till last. That's just my preference. I don't want to have one and you not have one. <laughs> so, hallelujah. Make sure I do this in the right order, amen. They laugh because I did the juice first one time. That's all right. It's all the same. It all works. But I've got my Bible right there, but... Listen, you, you know how much I love communion. You know how much the, the bread means to me. When Jesus was at, at the dinner with his disciples, he, he picked up the bread at one part during the meal, and he said, this is my body that will be broken for you. As often as you come together, do this in remembrance of me. His body was broken, broken and according to the word of God, it was broken for our healings, right? It was broken for our healings. And, and when I take the bread, I receive that healing every time. I receive health today as I partake of the bread. And I never forget what my Lord did for me. Being broken and, and bruised and beaten and put on a cross for me. And so as I take this today, I never take it lightly. It's not just something small to me. This is something that I always remember. So today as we partake of this, I'm going to pray that I want us to partake. So Father, again, I thank you for this symbol that you have left us that seems so insignificant sometimes. But I believe it is so powerful that we remember what Jesus did for us, what he went through for us today. And today, God, I receive this once again. I receive health into my body and into my family, that we will have strength and be in good health in the name of Jesus because of your body being broken. Let's partake of the bread today. The word also says that at another point, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the blood of the New Testament. It's the new covenant is the easier, a better way of putting it. Because in, in the Jewish culture, you had to shed blood to make a covenant. So you had the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the New Testament, the New Covenant. And they had to shed blood. But guess what? No more blood has to be shed. No more blood has to be put on the mercy seat. No more blood of bulls and ox have to be shed. This is the blood of Jesus, this juice represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins and for the sins of the entire world, not just who we choose. So today, as we partake of this juice, we're partaking once again, remembering that he shed his blood and it washed us and cleansed us. Amen. So let's pray. Father, again, I thank you for this symbol. And Lord, today we partake again of the juice that represents the blood of Christ that washes us and cleanses us, that we may stand before you as righteous children, those that have never sinned, because of the blood that was shed. Thank you for allowing your son to die for me. Someone that just so did not deserve it, still does not. Thank you for that, God. And today we partake of this juice in remembrance of what you allowed Jesus to do for us. Amen. Let's take the juice together. Father, thank you. 
in. Lord, I just speak a blessing upon your people today. The family of God, as we come together, I bless your people today to be in health and strength, strong in mind and in body. Everything they put their hands on will be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you receive that today, I want you to say amen. Amen. Well, you can pass these down to the end. There are some eager little kids. Yeah, see, here's one right there. He just happens to be standing there. And they'll do that. And listen, there's some stuff out front. Go buy some of that. But if you want to sow into the Barbier ministry, I've got it right here in the middle. Amen. You can go online as well and do that. And uh, hey, listen, we're going to have Wednesday worship this week. Come prepare to see what God is going to do. Amen. We're going to stop with prayer for this one week. The uh, teaching on prayer that I've been